Hi, we're continuing with uh, Masach Sukkah, the third paragraph, the third chapter, Mishnah 7 and 8, Mishnah Zion and Ches. Uh, beginning on Mishnah Zion, Shir Etrog HaKatan, Rabbi Meir Omer Ke'egos, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Kabeitza. So now that we discussed a little bit the size of the Lulav, so now we want to discuss the size and measurements of the Etrog. The Etrog, again, has the root of Hadar, uh, beauty. So uh, there's a machlokas in between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir says that it's the size of a nut. And Rabbi Yehuda says that it needs to be at least the size of an egg. Um, and we pass him like Rabbi Yehuda, it needs to be at least the size of an egg. Uve and maybe it can be too big. How big is the maximum that it can be? Kedeshia yochad shnaim biyado achas. That you can hold two lulavim, two, excuse me, two esrogim in one hand. Even Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that the esrogim cannot be too big, that you cannot hold two of them in one hand. We'll discuss why in a moment. Rabbi Yossi Omer, afilu echad b'shteyadav. And Rabbi Yossi disagrees and says, no, it could be as large as you want. How large? Even if you needed to hold the esrog with two hands, uh, meaning not two in one hand, but one, and it would require two hands to hold, that would be okay. So why does Rabbi Yehuda use the shear of holding two in one hand? Uh, for a simple idea that we know that one is supposed to hold the lulav in the right hand and the esrog in the left hand. However, if somebody were to put the lulav in the other hand and the esrog in the other hand, and he wants to change it, so at some point in time, we don't advocate juggling with the arbaminim, at some point in time, one hand is going to have to hold both. So we understand if that switch is going to take place, it needs to take place with an astro that can be holdable, if you will, uh, in one hand. And therefore, that was Rabbi Yehuda Shita, that you would need to be able to hold two astrogim in one hand for it to be a valid astro. And Rabbi Yossi says, no, it can be as large as you want it to be. We paskin in the Gemara later on, like Rabbi Yehuda, that, uh, excuse me, like Rabbi Yossi, that there is no uh, maxim, maximum size for the uh, for the size of the esrog. If we continue on Mishnah Ches, Ein Ogdin as Alulav El Bamino, Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, we continue with his shita that uh, that when you tie the lulav, meaning the lulav, the hadas and the aravos together, that you have to tie them with one of those three minim. Who says you have to tie them? We'll discuss that in a moment. Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir says, Afil Meshicha. No, you can tie it together with string. And why would he be tying it together with string? Again, we'll discuss that in one moment. Amar Rabbi Meir, he brings a proof for himself. Ma'aseban she Yushalayim, that the, that the men in Yushalayim would tie shahayu ogdinas lulaveyam begimonio shel zahav. That the lulav, again, with the concept of hadar, of making it beautiful and making it, uh, it uh, glorified, right, beautiful, that they would tie the lulav together with golden strings. And uh, literally strings of gold. Amru lo, and the Chacham answered Rabbi Meir and said, "Bemino hayu ogdin also milmata." That that might be true. That they had a beautiful golden lulav uh, uh, holder, or maybe they even used beautiful knots on the outside to tie it to beautify it. But the actual tying, the binding of these minim together, was done with its own species. So what are we talking about? There's a machlokas in the Gemara whether or not lulav tsarich I get that whether or not a lulav needs to be bound together, meaning the three meaning, not including the esro, do they need to be taken as one, or could they be taken as three and held together? Do they need to physically be bound together, or can they just be held together? And 
excuse me, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that they need to be tied together. He says if they need to be tied together, so it must be that they need to be tied together with one of their own species. Because if we added another species, string or gold or what have you, to tie them together, that would be baltosif. You would now be adding on another species to, at that point in time, the arbaminim. And that would be a violation of baltosif. Rabbi Meir, who does not hold that there's an obligation to tie the lulav in one thing, you can just take it together, one doesn't need to tie it together, says, okay, so it might be easier to shake, it's more convenient, we know how we position the knots and the holders, hopefully in order to get the right na'anuin, the right shaking feeling that we'd like to have, so we uh, place them in different places and with different situations and different tightness, etc. So Rabbi Meir also says that people would do that, but they would tie it with various different uh, accoutrements and they weren't nervous about baltosif because everybody knew that this was just extra. It turns out that we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda, and that we say that the lulav should be tied, and that that's why the menag today is that when you look at a lulavim, so the holders that uh, that you get when you purchase a lulav are often times, I don't know if oftentimes, I think always, fastened out of um, palm fronds. Uh, the, the leaves from the lulav itself uh, would come and that they would be used for both the knots as well as for the, the holster that holds the lulav, the aravos, and the adasim together.